0: Did you hear me say, let's get five (laughs) seconds of quiet and then decide to start barking? Yeah, she did. Our dog has great comedic timing. Hi! Hello! Welcome Welcome to to the the podcast. podcast.
1: You're way too loud.
0: I probably am.
1: Meter yourself.
0: I'm not good at that.
1: You gotta. No, it's not. It's not an ASMR podcast.
0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Perfect. I'm Marco.
1: I'm Caroline.
0: And this is a podcast.
1: (laughs) Yes, this is for me for two. Yeah. And it's a podcast where we talk about video games that are fun to play with other people. Yeah,
0: they can be single player or multiplayer, but the main point is that they have to be fun to play with someone either on the couch next to you or through the magic of the internet. You know. Yes,
1: the magic of the internet.
0: Fun things to do with friends or acquaintances or mortal enemies who you're trying to get a sort of rom-com bonding (laughs) moment with.
1: Oh, okay. I was sure. just giving
0: examples and I lost my train of thought. It's All right. been a long day.
1: What about just like complete strangers?
0: In that case, you're either letting a complete stranger into your home to play video games with you, or, well, I guess you do play video, game you play with video games with complete yeah. strangers on the internet. Yeah. The
1: one of the most popular games, Fortnite, you're, playing, you're usually playing with like 99 other strangers. Yeah, okay. Or That's a great point. 90.
0: So, games that are fun to play with friends, acquaintances, or complete strangers. Exactly. What were we talking about?
1: Well, today we're actually talking about a very, very highly anticipated game called The Last of Us Part 2. So this is a new game. Came out June 19th in 2020. It was developed by Naughty Dog and released for the PlayStation 4. We are going to completely be honest with our listeners today and tell them we received this game for free. I have a friend from college who I was in an organization with and she works for PlayStation. She was able to give it to me for free. Um, It was very, extremely, extremely generous. She works in user experience. So she really wanted an honest opinion about what we thought about the game and she knew that we were gonna review it. So big thank you to Lori. It's really an honor that I got to play this game for free. We were thinking of buying it. We were thinking of getting it next year, but we were able to play it relatively quickly to the release date for no cost. So it does cost money. I think it's a $60 game. Yeah. And you can get it digitally or physically. Just big, big thank you to Lori. It made me feel like really, really special. (laughs) And then it also made me feel really cool because during the credits, I saw her name and I was like, oh my God, that's like a person I know. And that's really cool. So thank you again, Lori, for listening. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the play style? Yeah, so if you played
0: the first Last of Us game, the gameplay is more or less identical. Mm -hmm. It is a third-person shooter with elements of stealth and gunplay and crafting and exploration and collectibles. It's very heavily reliant on scavenging, and in general, it is a post-apocalyptic zombie game. Yeah. But you learn along the way that the real monsters are the people beside you.
1: I mean, truly, the real monsters are the people you've been playing with for 30 hours. Yeah. In
0: broad, <laughs> in broad strokes, basically, it takes place after a zombie apocalypse in which some cave fungus gains the ability to turn people into zombies, and it's very classical zombies.
1: Classic zombies. It's
0: Okay, well, classic is not like George Romero classic. It's very, like, 28 Days Later zombies, yeah. where they run and they scream and they sprint and punch you and bite you, and if you get bitten, you turn into a zombie. This one has an added twist of, because it is technically a fungus, that infects your brain and basically grows This is a giant tumor over it, the longer you are a zombie, the less you resemble a person and the more you resemble cave fungus. So there's different stages until eventually you just turn into the wall because yeah. your fungus turns into a huge wall.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the, the biggest twist about this game, and you've seen the spoilers that we wrote in the title. So if you're shocked that we're telling you something about this game, why are you listening? First there of all? are spoilers. There are
0: spoilers in this game. Just say that right now. Anything after this is a spoiler for this
1: game. Yeah, so turn it off if you don't want to listen to us. We're fine with that, but if you want to hear the spoilers... Please keep listening. You've been warned. You've been warned. Um, The main protagonist in both the first and the second game, I'll say, is immune to the virus, and that's, like, the twist.
0: Yeah, so the protagonist in the first one and the second one, one of the two main protagonists is Ellie. I don't think they're ever given... I don't think Ellie is given a last name. Joel is. He is? Yeah, Joel Miller.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so the point is that Ellie is immune because she got bit and did not turn into a zombie. They spend the whole first game trying to find a way to turn that immunity into a cure and then at the end of that game it doesn't work out so well and the second part of the game is sort of just dealing with the ramifications of everyone's actions in the first game. Last of Us Part 2 is very much a game that communicates that your actions have consequences and sometimes they are several years delayed and sometimes they negatively impact you as well as the people around you. What you do will eventually catch up to you.
1: Yeah so this second game was really a lot more about revenge than anything else. There were obviously zombies in it, but I'd say the zombies took a backseat to the main plotline of Revenge.
0: The zombies definitely were a way to put the characters in the positions they were in, like to put them in very tribal, post-apocalyptic yeah. Sort of, you've got your little pockets of people and they fight against each other. The zombies were not as much of an enemy as they were a momentary inconvenience stopping you from killing the people you actually wanted to kill.
1: Yeah, like there was a, a huge boss zombie yeah. in this called the Rat King, but that wasn't like the main enemy of this.
0: Right, that was the enemy you had to beat in order to get to your actual enemy, who was just a normal person. Exactly. So, Caroline... yeah. Would you like to review
1: this game? I will. I will review this game. one for scary games I really actually hate scary games I'm a scaredy cat if you guys didn't know that already I feel like you must have because I refuse to play Bioshock 1 or (laughs) 2 so (laughs) I'm just a scaredy cat so I when this game came out we had actually been playing the first one because we knew that this game was going to come out and we wanted to play it afterwards there were some like scares but it really was more about like the tense relationship between people and that was true for the second one too I did like the story up to a point I will say it's about five hours too long of a game I'm gonna be honest I think that's a lot of people's criticisms of this game there's a repetitiveness at the end that is that felt unnecessary to me for the most part I did like the character development I didn't think it was queer baby I actually really liked the fact that they included queer people you know as characters in the game even playable characters but I yeah I don't know if I agree with how the things shook out but I did enjoy playing it and kind of getting really invested in it. Marco played a lot of it because it was like scary zombies shooting that kind of thing but I was there for the whole part of his play. So I would I would definitely recommend this game especially if you played the first game you need a resolution or a second chapter. I don't know if it's a final resolution there might be a third game or fourth or fifth whatever. I think that its biggest strength in all of this was how beautiful it was. The cutscenes very very seamlessly went into the actual play because the play was so beautifully crafted. And I know that it took an extremely long time to make and I see that in the talent and in like every part of the game was like very beautifully done. So yeah, so I would definitely recommend it. I know it's expensive. I know I'm speaking from a place of privilege because I got it for free. Maybe when it goes on sale, you can wait if you can wait that long to play it. Maybe you've played it already. um, And you just want to hear what I have to say about it. But yeah, that's 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 like my overall thoughts. I mean, the gameplay, I'll say is a little bit frustrating at points. It gets harder. It definitely gets harder as you play because it wants you to learn and wants you to warm up to it before it gets extremely hard. But it felt a little bit unfair at points. Fair. I think that's all I have to say. What about you? Yeah
0: I think I honestly agree with all of your points. Its strength is that it's a really good just story Mm -hmm. and it is very well told and it is very beautiful game. It is peak Naughty Dog in that it is a very meticulously crafted beautiful but very linear story that you are not in control of.
1: Like Crash Bandicoot.
0: I was (laughs) Not gonna say that at all.
1: Crash Bandicoot's another naughty dog, that's why. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Technically (laughs) correct.
0: Uh, no, it's like the Uncharted games. Hmm. It is telling you a story and you are not influencing the story. You don't get to make choices. It is your job to deliver the character from story point to story point and then they will continue telling their story. Don't go into it thinking it's going to be a Mass Effect choose your own adventure game or a Skyrim huge open world game. This is a linear story, but a very good one. Yeah. I definitely agree with Caroline's two biggest critiques. First, about the gameplay, and second, about the ending. The gameplay wasn't... It wasn't necessarily as hard as it was. It falls into the trap that a lot of stealth games fall into, which is they try and get you to focus on the stealth elements by making the other combat elements difficult or unwieldy. And I think that's a lot of what happened here. All of your stealth attacks are a one-hit kill, but you have one gun that actually takes five bullets to kill (laughs) even low-level enemies. And when that gun can only hold 16 bullets... A full amount of ammo is good for three enemies, and after that you may as well be throwing your shoe at them. I did really like the scavenging and crafting and exploration because I am a sucker for grabbing broken bits of things and then mashing them together to form, I don't know, a bomb somehow? Yeah. So I loved that part. Caroline always complained that I spent too much time looting.
1: Well, I also knew how long the game was in number of hours, and that you could make it longer by crafting.
0: I did make it longer by crafting, thank you. And
1: I'm sure by the end of this game you were like I wish I didn't spend all that time crafting.
0: By the end of the game I almost felt like I was forced to spend time crafting because I, (laughs) I'll come to this in a minute, but by the end of the game you're just wishing it would be over, Yeah. and it's not so you're like, alright, well I still need to fight a bunch of enemies, so do I scavenge and craft more weapons so I can do that, or do I just try and sprint to the end?
1: It could have also been the situation that we played the end in because we literally played what six hours more of the game in one sitting to finish it
0: there are people who beat this game in like two days though yeah i mean they probably feel that too
1: but but it's We definitely, like, push to get to the end, and I think that that's what caused some of that fatigue.
0: Yeah. The biggest issue is you basically resolve the story, because, and we'll get into deeper spoilers later, but essentially, (laughs) you play as both Abby and Ellie, who are the two main protagonists slash the antagonists of each other's stories, and there's a point where you think it's the end of the game because they get in a fight, and at the end of the fight, Abby walks away, Ellie and Abby are both alive, and you go to kind of an epilogue, at a farm and you think that's the end of it and then there's still somehow two or three more hours of gameplay with combat sequences against bosses and mini bosses and it just it feels like it should have ended at that
1: point yeah
0: which means any point after that you're kind of just wishing it was already over
1: because we ended in the same place right so like that's the big spoiler you end up in the same place as that first ending where you don't kill each other
0: right your two characters get in a fight neither of them dies they both walk away alive but injured and then you play Two more hours of Ellie trying to find Abby, and then you get in a fight, neither of you dies, and you both walk away injured. Yeah. It feels like it was a little unnecessary. While the whole rest of the game and the story was really, really good, that part specifically just felt like it didn't need to be there. And that's never what you're going for with such a story-driven game like this.
1: I also, I am trying to think about like the psyche element of it and it's definitely a very cerebral game in that it makes you question your morality and your character and other people's character and like, what would you do in this situation and post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. So I think that there was that resolution that they had in the second ending where like Ellie's PTSD was a little bit better, but I still don't know like I don't know I'm trying to think I'm I'm like trying to vouch for this game when there's no reason to because like you're either gonna play it or you're not I think you should but like Right, it comes don't, with flaws.
0: Don't let our criticisms like make you not want to play it or think you shouldn't play it. Although I don't know why you'd be listening this far if you haven't already played it, because we kind of just gave away. Unless most you're of one the story. of those people
1: that wants to know the ending before you play, that's at true, Sarah.
0: That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> you should definitely play this game. Just know that there are some parts that may—it's not perfect. Yeah. There are definitely some parts that may, that you wish weren't in the game, like, the last two hours of the game. Yeah. But there was, was
1: a good, like, social commentary. I'm sorry. Yeah. There, it was a very, very good social commentary on, like, the folly of man and how you're just gonna repeat your actions no matter what happens when you're a broken person.
0: Right. It was, right, like, it, the story that the extra two hours told was a good way to sort of round out those characters and what life would be for them going forward. It just was, it was like the end of Mass Effect 1. They make a whole big deal about how you're storming a planet, and how this is gonna be the final fight, and then you storm the planet and after you beat the boss and get to the end, it just teleports you to another planet and it's like, alright, do it again. Hmm. It just feels yeah. like they build up this part to be the end of the game and then you get to the end of the game and they're like, okay, once more.
1: I thought at one flashback sequence it was all a dream and I was gonna scream into <laughs> the abyss if I had to like do all of that over again. Oof. I was so upset when she has a flashback with Joel. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So she was just sleeping. Like, she made up this whole thing and I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna freak out about that. but That would have been, that's yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, it's so not a dream. The
0: ending is <laughs> is very controversial for those reasons, partially because a lot of people felt like it was too long and I think mostly because a lot of people were upset that no one won. Yeah. Which Ah, I think, I think that part of the story. I think Dina won. (laughs) True. Well, I think that part of the story, that resolution was very good. is because they spent the whole game trying to show you that no character is right or wrong and that actions that one group would deem necessary and heroic, another would deem atrocious and monstrous.
1: I mean, we were even hoping for the same resolution just in a different way.
0: Right. We actually, we got the resolution (laughs) that I was hoping for.
1: Except that you wanted them both dead
0: well yeah
1: <laughs> instead but, of a lie so
0: I don't know if they really set out to try and make you root for both characters, but by the end of it, I was honestly rooting for both of them to die because they were both- tried. Yeah. They were both (laughs) kind of terrible people, so they succeeded in making me treat the characters, like, as equals. Yeah. Just in the wrong direction. You can see, though, how it can be very polarizing, how some people are like, 10 out of 10, game of the year, and how other people are like, it was good, but, and how other other people were like, Joel dies two hours in, zero out of 10. Spoiler alert. But it's definitely you should play it for yourself and form your own opinions.
1: Sorry, I just, I like connected things.
0: What things did you connect?
1: Well, like at the end of the first quote unquote ending when you're playing as Abby Mm -hmm. and then you have a flashback to her father and it's like a positive one. You know, you've been having flashbacks of like nightmares, but you have like a positive one where he's like there and he's smiling. The same thing happens at the end of the second one for Ellie. Yeah. So it's like they've, they've resolved their internal daddy issues.
0: (laughs) That is, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's
1: actually it, right?
0: Yeah. Like you were saying yesterday, there are a lot of mirrored elements to this game and how, in a lot of ways, Abby and Ellie resemble each other and how, in a lot of ways, Ellie resembles Joel. Yeah. In a lot of ways. We should probably move on or else this is going to be a two-hour podcast. It
1: might be. It might be. But whatever. Okay. Shall we move to questions? Yes. Okay, great. So our first question is, who is the most dateable?
0: Dina. Yes, it's absolutely it's Dina. Dina. It's Without a Dina. question.
1: Dina is Ellie's girlfriend in the game. Dina has a bibit at the end, little JJ, and she lives a very happy life, we're assuming. <laughs> That's it. Dina's just the most dateable. She's the most relatable person. She's the kindest person. She has, like, her head about her. She's Jewish. I'm here for that as a fellow Jew. Fair we could pray together.
0: (laughs) I would say Dina as well, because she is one of the few people in that game who I would want to just be my friend. Yeah. Not everyone is a good person. And in fact, very few people are good people. And even when you're playing as Ellie versus Abby, Ellie has her group of friends. Abby has her group of friends. But even among those group of friends, when you're playing as the character who is their friend, you're still like, man, that guy's not a good person. Yeah. You're playing as Abby and your best friend is like, yeah, let's go murder a bunch of people. And you're like, okay, well, I get that we're supposed to be on your team right now, but also problematic. Yeah. So there are very few characters who are just good people or even just normal people, which is fair. The apocalypse would do that to people. But Dina is one of them. And Dina is probably one of the few characters who I would just want to hang out with. Yeah. As opposed to like angsty emo poetry Ellie or... All of Abby's issues.
1: Yeah. I would want to hang out with Lev.
0: I would hang out with Lev. That was cool. I wouldn't
1: date Lev because he's a child. So. Yes okay he was like 10 12, yeah 13. He, was, he was young yeah okay next question what was your favorite skill tree or skill I'm gonna just say skill of Ellie or Abby
0: yeah so as we said before you play you basically play as Ellie in a campaign for 10 to 12 hours or 14 in our case because I was <laughs> looting and then you play another campaign the exact same campaign but just from Abby's point of view And because Ellie is more of the scrawny scavengy type and Abby is an aircraft carrier (laughs) on legs.
1: She's got guns, She's got guns. They're beautiful.
0: They they basically, they play very differently. Yeah. And the biggest example of that is that Ellie can craft arrows and stealth weapons and Abby can craft fire shotgun shells. Yeah. So, Caroline. Yeah. Who was your favorite skill tree?
1: So, I don't have a favorite skill tree, but I have a favorite skill and it was Ellie's sick guitar skills. Like one of my favorite parts of the game was just playing guitar because it was really fun and easy. And then um, another favorite part of the game for me was playing fetch with the dogs. So you know how I play zombie games now, guys.
0: Yes, guitar and dogs.
1: What was your favorite skill tree?
0: Mine, it wasn't necessarily my favorite skill tree because of the abilities you got, although they were very cool because I like being able to craft trap bombs and all that stuff. When you're playing as both of them, you go through and you pick up like training manuals or instruction books to unlock it new skill tree and there is a point where you're playing as Ellie where you wander into hotel room and you pick up the full organic chemistry 11th (laughs) edition textbook and Ellie just picks it up and she's like cool puts it in her pocket and then she's suddenly memorized all of organic chemistry so now she can make smoke bombs yeah somehow it was cool yeah it was Um, just the silliest thing and the game's not super realistic but that part made me laugh Yeah. You just grab an entire textbook and be like, no, I know science. Fun times.
1: Also, just shout out to the, not the skill tree, but the crafting element where... I was able to live out my favorite weapon of any game, and it's a scoped pistol. Ugh. And it got kills, like, all the time. So, OP there, weapon right there. I, am, I don't really talk about weapons because I don't want to glorify guns, but it was really funny.
0: I was very mad because Caroline upgraded that weapon. She, she took a, a pistol and added a sniper <laughs> scope to it while she was playing, so I couldn't stop her. And then every time it proved to be useful, I was so mad. I was so mad, you guys.
1: It was very useful. Next question. Who was justified, Abby or Ellie? Can I say neither? Yeah, I'm going to say neither.
0: I'm going to say both to a point. Okay. And the game very clearly illustrates what that point is for both characters.
1: And they went over that point.
0: Exactly. because cross I crossed that line. I think Abby was justified in wanting revenge on Joel. Yes. And then I think Ellie was justified in wanting revenge on Abby. But they both did it in a way that was a little bit sadistic, but also they did it in a way that was so chaotic that it got a lot of people around them either killed or permanently injured.
1: Yeah, I will, like, say there was no absolute no reason why or I thought there was no reason why Mel or Owen should have died. I know that like Ellie was kind of checking off people that she remembered, Mm -hmm. but that just seems psychotic, and it doesn't seem like she's going after her main target as a focus. I also would like to call the developers at Naughty Dogs crazy for having us kill so many dogs. Yeah, that was
0: just mean. That
1: was mean. Um, I'm sure there's a PETA argument in there, but that was something I really, really hated about the game.
0: You didn't have to kill them, but the way the missions were structured, you basically had to avoid getting detected by them while stealthily killing everyone else or else they would eventually get you.
1: It was very difficult to yeah. not kill them.
0: But I I feel like Ellie and Abby were both justified in their actions at a point mm-hmm. and then how they did, th- how they accomplished their goal ended up hurting so many of their own friends and hurting so many innocent people on the other side that neither of them is really justified in their end actions.
1: I mean, what I I actually do think that Abby's more justified because she killed Joel out of revenge and then she was done. She didn't kill Ellie. She could have. She could have killed Ellie and Tommy, like, very easily when she first killed Joel and she didn't. And then Ellie came in and killed all of Abby's friends. So then Abby killed one other person.
0: Well, she killed one other person and then she tried to kill three other ones and she would have if lev hadn't stopped her
1: i guess but that was like you killed all of my friends for kind of no reason Uh, now out of spite or out of revenge it's not like she sought after tommy and what was the name jj jj was the kid jesse jesse and dina like she didn't like say oh now i'm gonna hunt down your friends it was like they're here i'm so mad i'm gonna kill your friends but she didn't I think Abby's more justified.
0: Joel saved Abby's life at the beginning.
1: Yeah, so.
0: (laughs) Doesn't that make her killing Joel no longer justified?
1: No, he killed her dad and he ruined humanity's at all chance of getting a cure. All right. I would have killed Joel. That
0: one's more hypothetical. You would have killed Joel even if he just saved you? Yeah. Okay. I don't think either.
1: Another person would have killed him in the wolves. Like, somebody else would have killed him.
0: Not without Abby. Abby was the only one who was all still right. trying after all that time.
1: All right. That's what you say.
0: So you say Abby you say Abby is justified? I say Abby
1: is more justified than Ellie. I don't think okay. either of them are, like, correct, but I think that Abby is more justified. Okay. All right. Next question. Would you, I guess, would you join or would you be part of either the WLF, the Wolves, or the Scars slash Seraphites?
0: So as we were sort of talking about how the apocalypse is just a backdrop for factions to war against each other, most of the game takes place in Seattle where there are two main factions vying for control of the land, which is the Seraphites who are a kind of tribal cult. A
1: cult, yeah. Yeah,
0: and the Scars which are a uh, hyper militaristic pseudo fascist Group. Yeah, group. And the Wolves were formed when the survivors of the initial outbreak, living in Seattle, basically violently and murderously overthrew the government peacekeeping force there and sort of declared themselves their own autonomous city-state. Yeah, So it started in violent rebellion and kind of carries that spirit with all of its actions. Yeah, And there's a point in the game where they're fighting and one group launches a big assault on the other group. And you're never actually asked to pick sides, but you spend a lot of abbeys quest with two scars Mm -hmm. so it definitely calls into question a lot of which group is correct which group is justified two
1: scars that defected true
0: but also you're playing as a wolf who
1: defected right so okay so which one
0: can i say neither
1: again (laughs) yeah
0: neither group is good you guys Neither group is
1: good neither group is good you would think that like the seraphites are more peaceful they're not yeah they're not they just they kill the wolves on site and they're extremely transphobic homophobic very traditional and religious culty, so they're awful. Yeah. And the wolves are just, like, terrorists. Yeah, both they're groups. They're domestic terrorists.
0: Both groups kill anyone who is not them on sight.
1: Yeah, so they're you, awful.
0: Like, in addition to their rival faction, if they just see a normal human wandering into the city being like, Hello, is anyone there? They kill him on sight.
1: Yeah. All of the gangs were terrible, like, except for the people who lived in Jackson. Right. They were the only peaceful, like, group
0: Yeah, they were the only group who found someone in the wilderness and didn't immediately try to kill or enslave them. They saved them. They saved Abby. And then Joel was brought to the rest of Abby's friends. and He's like, oh, how y'all doing? You gonna come back to Jackson, get some food? Yeah. And then they killed him. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Yeah. So there's a lot of equivocating in my answers, but it's because a big theme of this game is that no one is morally justified. Everything is terrible and no one gets to claim the high ground.
1: Yeah, everything's a gray area but it's mostly gray and black. Yeah.
0: It's all, there's (laughs) no light gray. (laughs) It's It's not not good. No, no. It's not, you don't start this game so that you can have a good, fun, happy time.
1: Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then our final question, do you want to ask it?
0: Our final question we like to do in survival ish, horror-ish games like this. Caroline. Yeah. Were you in this universe, would you survive?
1: Am I alone or can do, did I find the people in Jackson?
0: Well, in order to find the people in Jackson, you have to be alone until you found them.
1: I don't just live in Jackson and then found you, them.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't start in Jackson. Why not? You wouldn't have been. If I
1: found the people who lived in Jackson or like people, because there were probably more people like the people in Jackson around the country. Yeah. Right? If I found those people, yeah, I would have survived. They had like, a you know, economy and a culture and they were like a close-knit, but like good group of people. They had
0: food, electricity, water.
1: If I was alone, I would die. <laughs> I would die so quickly. I Because I think I would be klutzy and like bump into a zombie. Mm. And then I'd be dead. That's what fair. about you?
0: I think if how I would approach the apocalypse in real life has any similarity to how I do it in video games, I would absolutely be dead. Yeah. Because in video games, I like to poke through all of the ancient abandoned buildings and read emails from centuries past and notes from people who have been dead for decades and see if there's any useful scavenging. And I am 100% sure that if I did that, I would set off a bomb or get my face eaten or accidentally stumble into a zombie that is literally just eight zombies duct taped together. Yeah, that happened. That happened. So, I'm gonna say no. Okay. Unless I get lucky, but probably not.
1: Yeah, you'd have to be really lucky to survive.
0: Yeah. I would would find, like, Jackson or something like that and be really, really useful
1: to them for, like,
0: three years because I keep finding cool things and then I would get eaten.
1: Oh, see, I would live in Jackson and be like, a bartender i would not go outside i'd be like this is it i don't have to see the rest of the world it's fine i'm done
0: you gotta explore
1: absolutely not
0: i wouldn't be like the frontline warrior because i'm not i'm not good at that i'm always like support whenever we play video games but i would explore you gotta explore no don't you want to read those emails find that guy who's growing weed in the basement of a library
1: (gasps) yeah that's true you got no i wouldn't that's fair okay (laughs) okay do you have any final thoughts
0: thing that we haven't already said it's a really good game it's a really controversial game controversial game we didn't think it was perfect but we still think you should absolutely play it and you definitely need to draw your own conclusions. on it. You you should play Last of Us 1 if only because so much of what happens in Last of Us 1 informs and influences people's actions in Last of Us 2. It's not required, but it's heavily suggested. But you should play this game.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Everything you said. I also think that if women say that they are women, then they are women no matter how they look. All of you internet trolls who are totally listening trolls, to please, this, please don't. You're definitely fight. not listening to a podcast. Complete the trolls, but um, y'all, y'all are wrong. <laughs> um, and yeah, like again, huge, huge thank you to Lori. Super cool. I just felt really cool. Yeah, that that happened. Absolutely. I was like, I'm famous. I'm not, but yeah. Thank you again. Um, if you like this podcast, please uh, subscribe, rate it, review it on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify. You can email us at review42 at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at review4, T-W-O. Is that way one? around. That's the other way around. You can tweet at us at review for two on twitter or you can email us at review the number four tw- two at gmail.com please give us game suggestions we're still working through a very long list but we will definitely definitely add your game to the list unless it's farming simulator 19 i see you all who want us to play that um it's very expensive <laughs> 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 and black lives matter and that's it yeah cool cool all right, all right. bye, bye. I won't spoil what happens to Dina.
0: Why not? We've already spoiled the rest of the game. (laughs) Because
1: maybe we'll leave some mystery. We didn't say Joel, we didn't say anything about Joel, we didn't say anything. Yes, I
0: did. You weren't paying attention, you were spacing out.
1: Oh.